This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. We go Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with my buddy, Jared Davis. We're at UMass Hate Week. It's finally here. Season's here. We have no more Saturdays where there's no more football. We even had some football this last week where we got to see UMass. So, Jared, it's here. I feel like the fall weather is slowly rolling in. You know, we've got a hurricane coming <laughs> when we're recording this. So the rain and stuff is uh, starting to cool things down, make it feel a little bit more like fall. And uh, when I feel that cooler weather come in, you just know football is just right around the corner. But, Jared, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm with you. It's I think tomorrow that the high is or yeah, 78 or something like that, and that's that's a far cry from what it was a week ago. It's been a it's been a hot summer, man. I am ready ready for ready for football, ready for fall temperatures. Um, <clears throat> I did find you mentioned we had a game last week, and I laughed at this. I realize now why the Pac-12 is the Pac-4. Um, so <laughs> you you only play the first week zero they call it to get attention i'm guessing right i would guess usc who is a top 10 team i couldn't get them on tv like i couldn't that game was not available to me and i'm like that's why they're the pack four now like you can't have a tv (laughs) package that you can't be watched when no one else is even playing right when they were like i think maybe four games over the last week or something like maybe and, and I have YouTube TV. I mean, it's I mean, it's like it's not. I mean, a top ten team playing yeah. in week zero that you can't get is just crazy to me. Yeah, and when that just shows you that the conferences, like especially conferences that have the bigger names that are produce the national champions over and over, like the SEC, are going to have the money, and TV is going to rightly give you know point their money towards us. And the SEC and that even sometimes ACC, maybe even Big Ten. I mean, that's kind of why you're seeing some of those shifts going on. So it is very interesting. I mean, this whole landscape is changing and it's ever changing. I mean, I've, I've seen some stuff about the ACC acquiring some teams and I'm like, what? Like, I, I, I kind of get it. But at the same time, I feel for some of these student athletes who, like, for example, I'm thinking about a team like Clemson, the ACC. You know, they're on the East Coast and then you're going to be playing a team on the West Coast. Like that's not only time shift, but it's also travel time all the way to get out there. Like that's just a brutal that's brutal. Um, Like only professional athletes are going through that. And even they don't have to do that usually on a regular basis. So, man, it's just it's pretty crazy. Um, Speaking of some of the change going on, I wanted to bring up. Some of the things to expect for game day, um, because, I mean, a lot's gone on. Obviously, we've got for Auburn, you head coach, uh, Hugh Freeze, um, Philip Montgomery is offensive coordinator, Ron Roberts, uh, our defensive coordinator. So brand new. Um, we still got Cadillac Williams um, and Zach Etheridge. But, I mean, there's a lot of just turnover of you know coaching. And then I think the last number I saw was like 37 players. Um, that have either come in as new freshmen or are transfers in uh, that are going to be new. So you got 37 new faces 
on campus and trying to fit it, figure out what that looks like for this team. So there's just a lot of unknowns um, on offense and defense, um, at least from a fan perspective. I would suspect the coaching staff, now that they've gone through spring and fall camp, prepping for games, I feel like they probably are, got a better idea of it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on there. Um, and I mean, I don't know, Jared, do you, do you have any idea? Like, do you think it'll take some time for us? Like, even us as fans to see like what is this team, what do they look like? Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I mean not, I mean this is literally not only new coaching staff, new uh, a large majority of new players. Um, you know, but that could be a good thing too. Like they're not setting their ways of a previous staff. They're kind of, you know, they're they're coming to Auburn new, and so they're willing to to listen to the new coaching staff. I think all in all, it's probably going to take a few games to gel. Um, probably a good thing that we have uh, not that going to Cal is not going to be difficult but it's we have a few games to get to get it right um, mm-hmm. I do think I don't think Hugh hides his thoughts very well and I think he started making more positive comments about groups like the receiving group and all that towards the end of camp um, so I don't know if things are starting to click but I yeah I mean I expected to take several games for you know, everybody to fully buy in and to understand what the coaches are wanting is, is how I view it. What about you? Yeah. I mean, that, that seems to be kind of this learning curve, not only the players, but even the staff of like who they've got. So, I mean, it, it, it to me is a pretty understandable thing that you may take a little bit of time to kind of figure that out. And we, I mean, this is kind of like our preseason in a way uh, we, we kind of get at least one game and, you know, we would say probably arguably Cal as well, but you never know, um, as kind of like a warm-up game, a good test of, of a way to figure out who you really are. Um, and, I mean, it, we'll get into like some details about UMass, but I think UMass is a good uh, good way to start this out. They're not just like an easy pushover team. Um, they're they're going to bring it to us. Um, a couple other kind of different things to expect uh, that might – that will be changing uh, for game day. And these were just NCAA uh, football rules uh, that have come. So I wanted to bring those up. You might notice some of them. They're pretty minor um, and not always will they come up, but uh, the main one that will, you'll probably start noticing is there'll be a a running clock. So pretty much the full game, except two minutes right before half and two minutes right before the end of uh, the game, the clock will be just constantly running unless it's obviously like a timeout or something like that. So what that's going to do is uh, it, it, the kind of the goal of it is to shorten the games a little bit, um, which was kind of funny. Somebody, uh, and there's only a small sample size of what, four or five games, whatever it was over the um, weekend, but it only essentially cut out three minutes of game. And guess what? Somebody also calculated it added 14 minutes of commercials. So yay us. We have 14 more minutes of commercials because of these stupid rules. Yeah, that's my that's what I've always said. I'm like, look, if you want to shorten a game, um, don't allow CBS to do a commercial in the middle of a pass. <laughs> like, uh, it feels like it. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's it's just when you're at a game and you see the guy with the red hat out there. If it's a CBS game, I mean, he is just. He's camping out there. He's got his chair on the field. <laughs> you know, he's the guy that tells you, hey, we, we got to stop. We got commercials going on. Yeah. Um, that's funny with the actual numbers. I mean, the NFL does it. And I've never really thought about it. I, I just, the one thing I don't like, and I, I don't, I think 
you tell me. I don't. When you go out of bounds now, isn't it NFL? If you go out of bounds, they they stop the clock to spot the ball, and then it starts again, unless you're under two minutes. Is that going to be? I feel like that's an NFL rule now. Is that going to be college or? I don't know about that specific one. Up? Like the running clock was more around like first downs, so you get to first yeah, down, you know, they they stop the clock, and then it once the ball spotted, first down down chains are kind of moved, then the clock starts again. And that's my only understanding of like when the clock's really going to stop. And again, that's only in the like last two minutes of each half. So I would bet even if the running back goes out of bounds, the ball's still kind of going, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Um, Another kind of interesting change there is uh, there's no longer, the coaches can no longer call consecutive timeouts. So you're probably like, why does that even matter? It's more around, uh, like trying to ice kickers is the scenario I think of a lot um, where you call a timeout, the kicker has to think about it. You know, you have an extra timeout still left and you're like, all right, I'm going to call another timeout. Well, you can't do that anymore. The other scenario that I think of, and this happens a lot in college is, you know, the coach calls timeout, the guys run back out on the field and they're not lined up or something doesn't look right. Well, the coach can't call another timeout. And, I agree. You just had a timeout. You should have your players on the same page with you and execute on what you were talking about over the timeout. Like you're not just like sitting on the sidelines talking about nothing. Like you're talking about what are we doing next? So I think that's a good one. Um, Another one is not extending quarters. um, And that's about um, at the end of the first and the third quarter, um, say there's a a penalty at the end of those quarters uh, there's not going to be like an untimed down. Essentially, it's just going to be that penalty carries over into the next half or the next quarter. So it'll say it happens in the first quarter. It'll go into the second quarter and you'll just kind of pick up from there. So, again, trying to eliminate the number of plays uh, because I think they're looking at the number of injuries and trying to reduce that as much as possible. Um, so just some interesting things. And that's going to be across college football. It's not just Auburn. Um, another kind of fun one that uh, I think my brother pointed out to me and I was thinking about this. Uh, think of all the different like freeze or cold or just like different kind of like, uh, I don't know, puns or different things that Auburn can do. And I feel like Auburn, I'm really hoping, especially on game day, they're going to like kind of raise all that kind of fun stuff up there. So I feel like that would be kind of interesting to see uh, for those that get to go. Um see what kind of extra fun stuff they end up doing. I mean, not to mention it's going to be, uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's sold out. If it's not sold out, it's going to be really close. So a lot of, a lot of fun, high energy, especially around uh, first year head coach, Hugh freeze. All right. So- Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, Jared, I want to do a little segment here on hot takes. So, I feel like right before every season, you know, everybody has their fun hot take um about what they think about the season it could be as wild as you want it to be i was thinking about a few years back 
Clint Richardson made a uh, hot take that Daniel Carlson should win the Heisman. And I love that one, Um, which, hey, he was an amazing kicker. And look at him now in the NFL, even his younger brother Anders is just killing it. But I wanted to kind of get your thoughts and what what what's your hot take? I've given you some time even before this to think about this. What's your hot take uh, for this season with Auburn football? Oh, man, there's so many, you know, there's, uh, I'm like, there's different ways I could go with this. Um, but I'm, I'm going with, uh, call me crazy. I, I actually believe what I'm about to say <laughs> and forget everything I talked about last week in our uh, game by game. I think Auburn wins nine games this year. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And I don't, yeah, I think we'll win nine games. Um, and I know last week I went game by game and I, the math doesn't add up, but, I've just been thinking it for a while, and um, I I really think um, listen you you could convince me we're only going to win six right I'm not going to argue with you if you're getting uh, if you want to get down into the facts and data I just have a gut that we do and I really think that I think Hugh Freeze I think people um, forget how good of a coach he is he's got a past right so they forget how good of a coach he actually is yeah I think that we forget how good our running back room is. And if the offensive line is an upgrade from last year, we ran the ball really well last year. They're an upgrade from last year, which I think they almost have to be. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I think we win some games at home that people are going to be surprised about. Um, so, yeah, not, nine wins. That's mine. What, what do it. you have for us, AJ? I think that is a little hot. I mean, like for most Auburn fans, nine wins is pretty optimistic. Um I mean, I feel like most people, or at least myself, I'm kind of leaning towards like seven and five, eight and four, kind of in that range. But I mean, but I could also see maybe nine wins. I mean, if the players are loving what Hugh Freeze is putting together and we come out with some good game plans, I mean, literally Hugh Freeze is kind of known for being that coach that comes in, fixes things real quick, and uh, gets you back up to competing for. Uh, you know, can't conference championships, maybe even, you know, playoff hopes in the near future. I don't think this year, but, you know, so, I mean, sure, maybe. Wait, I is mean, that your hot take, AJ? Are you, about, are you sliding no. that in? Are you saying we're going to make the playoffs? I mean, no, that's not mine. But I will okay. go this one. I will go this one. If we do have nine wins, and I think this kind of goes along with it, I think it's going to be because of one person, Peyton Thorne. And so my hot take is Peyton Thorne will be at the end of the season a Heisman finalist. Look at you. And if he's not a Heisman finalist, I think there's going to be a push for him to be a Heisman finalist because I think he could be that good. If he's that good already at Michigan State, who knows? You're at Auburn where, you know, Peyton Thorne could just he, he could just take over. And and he seems like such a mature dude that his like mentality around football in my mind kind of fits with like what I imagine a Heisman hopeful would be. Now I'm not saying he's a dark horse or anything, but I'm going to piggyback on you. If Peyton Thorne is a Heisman finalist, we win 10 games. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. If he winds up being a Heisman finalist, we win 10 or more games. You're probably right. I mean, I feel like Heisman candidates, there has to be at least 10 wins. So, well, yeah. And I, I mean, to be a finalist, he probably gets up there with nine, but if he, uh, I'm not knocking your, I'm saying though, if yours comes true, if he is a Heisman finalist, I, I think not 
I don't think because he has we have to have won ten games. For I'm just saying, if he's that good, yeah, I think we win ten games. I mean, yeah, that's just that'd be awesome. So, <clears throat> anyways, um, neither one of these will probably come true, but they're fun to talk about, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, let's transition a little bit into some of the upcoming stuff with UMass, um, Auburn. Uh, whether or not they wanted to, it looks like they might have leaked their depth chart, <laughs> and even he freeze. Uh, got wind of it and he was like that's not my depth chart and he, he just went off on not having a depth chart which maybe he doesn't have a depth chart I mean if I'm him he probably has some sort of order pecking order of players uh, but it's kind of interesting to see because it was a lot of the guys we kind of expected Jarquez starting running back I mean like some of the the wide receivers were a little interesting you had like uh, Jair Shorter, Jay Fair, Javarius Johnson, Shane Hooks, kind of as starters. Uh, but, I mean, even Hugh Freeze has said for wide wide receivers they are going to be rotating. So, I mean, we're probably going to see like seven, eight, nine different wide receivers kind of out in the field, especially in the first few games trying to fill things out. Um, but one that I, I, it was a little shocker, but we've heard so many good things about it, about Rivaldo Fairweather at tight end. Uh, but it looks like, at least on that depth chart, Rivaldo Fairweather's uh, the starter at tight end, um, also with Luke Deal. So, you know, Luke Deal mm-hmm. being a, a staple with the tight end room for the last, like, for me, three or four years, um, done a lot of stuff. Um, and that's even with some pretty stacked tight end rooms um, that we've had. All right. So let's talk about uh, UMass specifically. So. We've got uh, the Minutemen coming to uh, Jordan-Hare. Uh, it's the Minutemen versus the Tigers, which I just – I saw Auburn post a – it's funny. They always do like a preview picture or whatever, and it's this Tiger staring down these Minutemen, and the Minutemen look like little uh, like army men, you know, like an inch tall, and you're like, that's awesome. Like that's so awesome. scary. I love it. Um, but UMass, you know, last week they uh, – they, they actually got a win, which was pretty cool. Good to start out that way for them. Um, and I think for Auburn, I don't know about you, but that gives Auburn even more reason to not just overlook UMass. It's let's look at UMass as a good opponent. We should beat them. I mean, the spread right now, I think is like 35 points, something like that. So we should beat them pretty ha- handily. And, but this is a good good opponent, and even Hugh Freeze, who when he was at Liberty faced UMass, um, and he has lots of respect for them. So um, lots of good stuff coming there. So Jared, any kind of uh, insights into UMass or anything that you're going to be looking for specifically in this game that you think might be interesting for others to also pay attention to? I mean, where do you start on, on that? I mean, I, yeah, it's I don't know what to be focused on i mean i i guess from what i want to see i assume the running back the running backs will do well um i would like to see a competent passing game um you know play calling i'll be looking at that need to see what the front seven does on defense i think that's right now our biggest question mark over there i feel like the secondary is pretty solid can we stop the run is going to be the question for the whole season Mm-hmm. Um, we basically got you know a ton of new faces on that side of the ball uh, as far as far as the front seven goes so you know I'm going to be looking at, at almost everything really but the biggie is um, you know how does Thorne handle 
you know, it's it's not the SEC. He's not playing. But how does he handle a little different environment, very pumped up, going to be a good atmosphere? How does he handle that? How do the wide receivers, the new guys, handle working with him? Um, yeah, so a lot to look for. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, I do think UMass is probably better than last year. I think that, um, you know, they have some play. As any of these teams do, they have a few handful of players that honestly could probably play on our team. It's just the depth will wear down over time. I don't think they will be a significant threat um, at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I The thing I'm looking for, and I watched some of the UMass game, was their quarterback. And he's one that I could see playing on some other, I don't know, some Power 5 type, type team. Well, he, because, he was from Clemson, wasn't he? Didn't he go to Georgia Tech and Clemson? Um, I'm not sure, but that sounds about right. I mean, I it wouldn't shock me. That. Yeah. But again, kind of showing like he has the talent to do that. Um, he's just at UMass uh, for whatever reason. Um, but I think the thing that'll test us, and, and you pointed out, was kind of our defensive front. I think our defensive front is going to have a hard time, at least from what I was watching. Their quarterback, Taysom, can get out of the pocket and get out quick. And if he starts rolling out, either to pass it or run the ball himself, which he can do both, then you you got you got some like you got some issues and we gotta contain that. Um so in my mind, we gotta really watch that. Um as far as you know UMass's defense, I mean top ten defense in twenty twenty two, despite even being one and eleven last year, which kind of just shows you their defense last year was really good. And and Hugh Freeze and his presser uh, was just talking about how they cause chaos, and there's lots of confusion that they they do, um, especially up front. And that just, I mean, especially for these offensive linemen on Auburn, I mean, you're you're gonna see some very interesting stuff. And you got to react, you got to do the right stuff. So I'm really interested to see kind of how that plays out, as well as what UMass's quarterback Taysom does. So let's jump into our players to watch before we get into our score predictions. Uh, players to watch, we got, uh, we'll kind of do it the same way we've done it uh, in previous seasons. We'll pick uh, on offense. You and I will pick a player or a position um, on offense, defense, and special teams, and uh, why we think those are our players to watch uh, for this uh, particular game and why they might make a difference in this game. So let's start out with offense. I'll start out, uh, I think, on offense. I think most everybody is going to be watching Peyton Thorne. Uh, but then also, secondarily, how does the offensive line do? Um, and those are going to be my two big uh, keys because I think if Peyton Thorne gets off on a right, uh, correct direction, looks calm, collected, does what he needs to, uh, runs the offense well, we're going to be in a much better shape um, when we go all the way out to California next week. So, Jared, who's your player on offense to watch for Auburn? Yeah, I mean, it's I'm going to piggyback on you. I mean, it's hard not to say Peyton Thorne. Um, I, I, Peyton Thorne in the O-line is a great choice. I am going to go Peyton Thorne in the wide receivers. Um, that's you freeze. Uh, what I mean, AJ, we talked about off the record the crazy stat of, like, since 2010, Auburn has not had a single 1,000-yard receiver. <laughs> Yeah. It's coaching staff that we have right now. 
what was the number they've had? It's like 15 1,000-yard receivers or something. Yeah, um, it, it's insane it, what what the coaching staff has put together. Uh, yeah, here's the number here. Uh, yeah, they had 15 1,000-yard receivers since 2010. So just for everybody listening, that's not just you freeze. That's between yeah. all our coaches we have. They've coached 15 1,000-yard receivers during a time span when Auburn's had zero. So <clears throat> this is what these people do. And they've brought in some big bodies. They've brought in some capable guys. And so, yeah, that, I think that uh, it all starts with the O-line, right? So I'm not trying that, – that, that's a – yes, that's a big one too. But I definitely want to see the connection between Peyton Thorne and the wide receivers yeah. and see how, that, see how that gets rolling. Yeah, especially since they've only got – essentially since, what was it, when he came – I think he committed in June, I want to say, um, maybe late May. And so you're, you're only, what, two, maybe three months into practicing with these wide receivers. I mean, that's going to be something to watch out for. Uh, I mean, Hugh Freeze has said the wide receivers have improved some, but they're still not always going 100% what they need to every single play. And uh, especially in this kind of offense, you need a good wide receiver to run their routes hard, block hard, do all the things that they need to. Um, whether or not the ball is actually coming to them or not. Uh, all right, let's switch over to defense. Uh, defense, we've got uh, some, again, it's just part of this whole, just it feels like a whole nother makeover on defense besides our secondary. Lots of new linebackers, lots of new defensive linemen, um, new edge rushers, that type of stuff. Um, and with that in mind, I, I think I'm going to lean towards kind of the defensive line and the jack position, which I, I think will probably be Elijah McAllister, um, who's the senior, super senior from Vandy. He's working on his PhD. I saw even today uh, John Cohen, our athletic director, he was uh, shadowing him. I'm like, what is this kid? Like, he is just going after it, learning everything. And if he's doing that, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, he's he's going to be a good uh, football player for us. So, Jared, what is your thoughts on uh, players to watch on defense? Yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> probably two, honestly, mostly going to be looking for the linebackers and how they, you know, because stopping the run all starts with that, right? So got some new faces there, got some old faces as well, but I want to keep an eye on them. And then who's the guy, who's the, uh, the stud defensive line true freshman that we just recruited? Um, I can't think of his name, but I'm going to keep an eye on him, too, because everybody's had great things to say about him. Um, I can't think of his name right now. It was a battle between us and Florida State, and we we won the battle. Um, yeah, I'm blanking on his name, too. I mean, it will probably come to me in, right as soon as we finish. <laughs> yeah, as soon as we as soon as we get done, it'll, we'll think of the guy. But uh, Kendrick Falk, Kendrick Falk. Yeah, Falk, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Kendrick Falk. Yeah, I, I think he's got the potential to – have a huge impact as a freshman, mostly out of need because he's, I think he's an edge rusher and we don't have a lot there. So yeah, I mean, you know, those, that one individual person and then the group of linebackers is who I'm going to be looking at. Yeah. 
I mean, linebackers, we just, we just don't know what we don't know at this point um, as far as fans. But, I mean, I'm sure they're already figuring out what they can do. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out, who gets the most reps from linebacker um, kind of going forward. All right, for special teams, uh, players to watch for Auburn. I'm going to be going with uh, Brian Batty. Um, I have heard so much good stuff about him uh, just being a, an incredible kick returner. Um, maybe another hot take. I think he takes one back this uh, game against UMass, uh, takes it, houses it, something. It's going to be amazing. If he doesn't house it, he's going to at least bring one back. I'm going to I'm gonna say it to the 50-yard line. He's just, from what I've heard, that's the type of caliber guy he is. Um, unless UMass is just super scared of him and then they just, like, kick it out of bounds or something. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? It may be a good, may be a good decision. Yeah. Um, Jared, who are you going to be watching on special teams for this game? Yeah, I think it's – I actually think it's Petit as well, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I believe he had almost – they had 660 yards returning last year. Um, I think he led uh, Conference USA in all-purpose yards. He's a really good athlete. Only issue with him, mostly size, but on kickoffs, that doesn't matter, right? So I'm kind of with you, man. I think uh, let's see what that guy can do. I think um, I think they probably will try to go away from him, but we'll probably counter that with, you know how they do, where they'll kind of like line up behind each other and then separate after the kick. So mm-hmm. um, I think he'll get his hands on a couple of them. Hopefully not too many because that means UMass is scoring. But I think it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table because I think that's one of the main reasons he was brought to Auburn. Right. Was to add, I, a, add a special teams threat. I think a special teams threat is huge. I mean, obviously he'll be somewhat mm-hmm. of a threat on in the running back room, but we have a pretty stacked running back room at this point. And, and I think he'll get some carries, but I think where he's going to make his biggest impact is on special teams. So I've never seen him play, but what I've heard people say about him looking at his stats, he won't be this caliber, I don't think. I view him kind of like probably like a Percy Harbin who was at Florida mm. where, you know, he comes out of the backfield, he's a receiver, he's kick returning, he's doing everything, and he's just so skillful he can do that. I, I view him as that kind of all-purpose type guy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm excited to just see him overall, but definitely on special teams. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's transition into our score predictions. Uh, right now, Auburn is favored by 35 points. Uh, but, I mean, that's that's kind of interesting because right before when we were doing our preseason, it was 39 points. So I think after showing UMass has some uh, capabilities that maybe people didn't think they had uh, with their mobile quarterback, I mean, to me – I, I predict a preseason that we would win by 45. I'm going to bring it down just a little bit to 42 points. Still, obviously, a good win if we win by 42 points. But I think Auburn does it in a pretty convincing fashion. Um, I mean, this is a good game for us at home. Lots of energy around this coaching staff, around this team. Just feels like a revitalized uh, part of us um, as Auburn fans. And it honestly, if you think back on it, it kind of started – at the end of last season, after Harson was fired and Cadillac takes over, T- Cadillac brings home a win against Texas A&M um, at home. And, I mean, this is kind of that continuation, in my mind, of that momentum and wave. Uh, and I think this will just keep pushing forward um, into this season. So, Jared, what's your predictions for uh, this game? 
Yeah, I think I predicted 50. I just did it in my head. I, I think it probably winds up 55 to 7, so that's 48. So I, I guess we'll go with that. Just say okay. 48 points, 48 spread. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see that. I mean, if we could hold, uh, would you say, only seven points for UMass, if we end up doing something like that, we're doing something right. Um, and, and that gives me a lot of hope with this defense because – uh, UMass put up, I think, what was it, like 40 points um, in their first week. So they, they can put it up if they really want to. Um, a few other things before we get out of here. Uh, a few changes around Auburn, specifically. If you're going to campus either for this game or maybe for a future game, um, a couple of really exciting things. Um, probably I'm going to start out with my favorite one. The Tumors Oaks are now able to be rolled again, which – it's been 10 years. I'm so excited to finally be able to do that. Um, head over there instead of just, I mean, yeah, it's still fun, obviously, to roll the trees around tumors. Yeah, but there's just something special about those two trees, like kind of the combined effort of like, we're going to absolutely just take that <laughs> that tree with all the toilet paper rolls that we could possibly uh, do. I feel like that's just kind of special. So I'm um, looking forward to that. I agree. Um, and then we've got uh, a few things that Auburn announced, which, uh, Jared, I don't know if you saw these, but the VIP game day experience, I'll go through a handful and I'll point out uh, one that I'm probably going to do probably at one of the home games that I go to. Um, so that one is the football facility tour. Um, I missed out on that when they had opened it up. Um, so I really want to go back and do that. That one's only $25. So not bad to go no, toward Auburn's football facility. Um, they've got some way more expensive stuff like walking in tiger walk, um, with the team, uh, being at the, the entrance when the team comes out of the tunnel, um, doing the smoke tunnel kind of thing. Um, being at the 50 yard line for Eagle flight, uh, running with the team onto the field, like right after the team, like how freaking cool is that? Like, again, really expensive. I think it's like $500 or something ridiculous. Ooh. But, like, <laughs> that's a cool experience. Don't get me wrong. That is pretty cool. You um, get to, do you get to ride on the Eagle ever? Or is that is that kind of frowned upon? I don't know. I mean, that might be animal abuse. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe I just put a GoPro on them or something. That's uh, I was going to say, just put put the gopro on the uh eagle and then put a vr yeah. headset on or something yeah yeah, yeah that'll work that'll work <laughs> much safer for everyone involved yeah for sure um and then another one is a video message that you can pay i think it's like 100 and something dollars um and then you can put that on the video board which i was thinking how many times like people are going to take that up and like propose to their girlfriends or something i don't know Hey Jerry, are you gonna take one? Are you gonna do one where you talk about how much how much you appreciate your podcast co-host? I mean, one hundred twenty-five dollars—that's I mean, some pretty good that, marketing money. Yeah, absolutely. I get some. I get some I ROI on it. that. Yeah, I, I, I get some uh, like for sure. Um, and then also wanted to announce some of the other announcements just for the stadium itself. So you know, I just talked about the game day experience, but this is also kind of game day experience that is happening in the stadium. Um, I'll just point out a handful. There's a handful that you could go read online. 
Um, but I thought it was interesting that the DJ booth, um, it was, I think, on the opposite side of the students, um, is now going to be in the middle of the student section. And I was like, how freaking cool is that? Like, the the DJ is just going to be vibing with the students. Wait, the DJ is literally going to be in the student section? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait, oh, that's going to be rocking it, dude. Yeah. Uh, they got some other kind of just technical things like, and new play clocks. Um, they've also got uh, upgraded Wi-Fi in the stadium. Um, and then I think my other favorite is they're going to enhance the LED show uh, in the stadium for an on-field reactions. I don't know what that means, but I'm intrigued. I want to know what they're talking about for on-field reactions. Does that mean like when we score a touchdown is – are you going to see like a tiger running us across the field or something in LEDs? Like, oh, that's pretty I don't cool. know. Could, I don't know. I'm dreaming here. You could maybe have Chris Davis like running the oh, kickback. Like it's on, like that on the field before the game. Please. Uh, please. Are you, are you speaking this into existence? If you, if this happens, Jared, I'm going to, well, I'm you. actually a part of the LED team, AJ. Oh so this no. Is a, yeah. No, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. That would be, that, how awesome would that be? If you, like instead of on the big screen, literally on the TV on the field, you're seeing Bo over the top. Oh my gosh. Davis running a kickback. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm literally getting chills right now thinking yeah. about how cool that would be. Um, so very interesting stuff there. Um, one other because we always like to do this on our preview shows and Auburn fan perspective of the SEC. Vandy played, which again, they're trying to get some like publicity in their week zero week. Well, they got plenty of publicity. They had, if you haven't watched anything or seen any pictures, their stadium is in shambles right now. They're doing a lot of renovations. Like one of their end zones looks like a complete wreck, Um, just construction zone. And for the game, they were hanging up their scoreboard by two cranes. So just imagine that. If you haven't seen the picture, I'm sure you can go find it. And it's glorious. It's just amazing that an SEC team would do something like that and they wouldn't have a essentially a backup plan. Besides, oh, let's just have this huge, like, 200-foot uh, screen kind of dangling by strings up there in the middle of the sky, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> I agree. Oh, man. All right, Jared, how can the people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook. Just send my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y, J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.